Welcome to Lockdown Listen, a community keyboard delve into the programme archives over the past four decades and featuring music and conversation with Ian Wollstenholme and some of the organ and keyboard world greats. Tonight, we prove that if you want to play like this... then you've got to be taught the correct way. As usual on a Friday evening, this is Ian Wollstenholme, your host, welcoming you to another 30 minutes of all that's best from the world of popular organ music, past, present and future. Joining me later on the programme today are two professional organ music teachers, Doreen Sheard and Roy Neal, both of whom I spoke to at the recent National Home Electronic Organ Festival held in Morecambe. But first, and continuing from our feature on the Hammond Organ Company of last week, demonstrator Howard Beaumont is seated at the console of the company's new instrument, the 144K2 electronic organ. Would you care to give the patient some idea of the sounds which we heard last week in the way of a few tunes, Howard? Yes, certainly. We'll start off with this one, which is called the Shaker Song. Thank you. 
definite touch of the South American sound there, Howard. Uh, what's next on the agenda? Well, I think this time we'll concentrate on the old drawbar sound, which a lot of people like, and uh, one particular registration of the drawbars, which I personally like, I think uh, a lot of jazz musicians uh, tend to lead towards, is the 16-foot, say, the 5 and a third, and the old 1-foot tooting away. <laughs> and uh, with the Leslie speaker going uh, fairly fast, we get this very pleasing sound. So we'll have... Um, Seeing as we're in Morecambe, we'll dedicate this to the late Eric Morecambe, and it's Bring Me Sunshine. When did you first become involved with the um, organ world? Um, well, I started off playing in social clubs, really, and uh, public houses. In fact, in Oldham, I played at the Oldham Rugby Club. Because I used to work for uh, a company in Rochdale, Bradley's Music, and they sold the organ to the club, which was a C3, a Hammond C3. And uh, it was a smashing sound. <laughs> and um, from there... Um, I went uh, playing abroad on, on the ships in the Caribbean and uh, entertaining all the American passengers. And while I was there, I, fortunately, I went to uh, the Radio City Music Hall uh, in 
New York, where they have this four-manual world, it's a pipe organ. Mm -hmm. And I had a conducted tour of it and managed to sit myself at the console. <laughs> and I certainly wallowed in the sounds of that organ. And uh, that sort of transformed my ideas about theatre organs. So when I came back, I started playing theatre of pipe organs as well as electronics. So, you know, it's nice to be able to play both. Mm -hmm. And... Um, I've been doing concerts on uh, both theatre and pipe. In fact, uh, Hammond, during their celebration year, uh, were staging a concert at the Odeon Leicester Square in London, where I'll be playing the five-manual Compton pipe organ, as well as the Hammond range. So we're looking forward to that. You've mentioned the theatre organ uh, there, Howard. I think now it's an appropriate time to have a listen to you when you were associated with Wurlitzer. And let's face it, there's no other name more synonymous with the theatre organ world. Although this time uh, it's going to be a Wurlitzer organ with a 13-amp plug on the end. That's uh, right, yeah. This was from uh, an LP which you made a few years ago. How did you become involved with Wurlitzer? Well, uh, many, many years ago when I started demonstrating for organ shops and uh, one or two organ companies, I came across Bill Skidmore, who used to work for Wurlitzer, and... Um, he sort of took me under his wing and showed me one or two tricks about demonstrating organs and uh, I always sort of uh, kept in touch with Wurlitzer and then I met Glenn Derringer who designed that range of instruments the 950 and the 630 and uh, Bill Skidmore sadly died that year and uh, soon afterwards the, there was a position for somebody to demonstrate their organs so they offered me the job so I took it you know I jumped at it. <laughs> it was a lovely range of organs. Sadly, well, it's no longer make organs.
back to the present then, Howard, and uh, again, featuring the new Hammond uh, 144K2 model. What would you like to uh, to play for us to conclude our programme tonight? Well, I think we'll have a bit of the old disco sound, and uh, everybody's playing hooked on classics, so we'll do something <laughs> similar.
Whether your taste is the mighty Wurlitzer or a home plug-in electronic, it's right here on Sounds Organised. And my grateful thanks to Howard Beaumont at the 144K2 Hammond organ. Well, Doreen Sheard and Roy Neal are both regular faces at the National Organ Festivals and both have very definite ideas about methods of teaching music to would-be up-and-coming young organists. I first asked Doreen, when was the best age for a child to start to learn an instrument? I, I take children from about the age of six upwards. Um, I find that once they, they can understand their alphabet... Uh, because after all, in music, we only use the first seven letters of the alphabet. But if they can understand the order of the alphabet and count reasonably well, perhaps up to the uh, up to thirty-two, um, I find it's quite uh, easy to put the subject of music over to them. Um, and uh, you see, fingering is very important in playing, and. Uh, uh, if they can understand their finger numbers and uh, practice scales to um, encourage exercises with the fingers, uh, it does help a great deal. Unfortunately, there's still no way of getting out of those scales, are there? <laughs> well, not really. I, I don't think scales should be avoided. In fact, I think scales can become a very enjoyable part of playing if you're prepared to uh, treat them as uh, learning, vitally important aspects. And, uh, you see, when we come to uh, form chords, they are all, they all stem from the scale and understanding the scale and the degrees of the scale. So you really cannot get away from the learning music the proper way. Would it be fair to say, Doreen, that on a modern day, electronic organ the range of orchestral instrumental sounds can be appealing to a child's ear in practice session time yes i think very much so um you see with the piano you press the note and uh, of course the sound was gone whereas with the organ you've got a sustain which helps the note to linger it helps you to be able to hear the last note that you've played as you go on to the next one. So I think this makes it more enjoyable. And then, of course, the uh, various voices that you've got on the organ, uh, such as the trumpet and yes. trombone, you know, they, they are very appealing to children. But um, I do find that um, a lot of children want to play around with the rhythm accompaniments. They they rather like just using those and ignoring the fact that they've got to try and put a tune to it. Uh, Again, the rhythm accompaniments are very, very useful on the organ because they do help tremendously with the timing. Um, But, of course, it can cause a lot of frustration when you can't keep with the beat. So uh, it it is a matter of understanding timing and getting it really accurate Mm. so that uh, the beat is uh, with you all Mm. the time. We see in in various bookstalls different tutor books, publications, tape cassettes, but thumbing idly through the pages on on past occasions, they do tend to be in, in black and white and they tend to be very how can I put it, very advanced for a child's 
intelligence to be able to, to comprehend all the information that's contained within the pages. Do you have an alternative method of material? Uh, well, I have recently published my own book on the very basics of music. Uh, I was really inspired to do this because um, I find a lot of the children that I teach are from parents who don't understand anything at all about music. And uh, they, they're not able to help their child with the theory part of the music. Mm. Um, and I've published this book giving um, very simplified text so that uh, the parent can read it and understand what the child is supposed to do. Uh, one page, the left-hand side of the page gives the text, and on the right-hand side I've got the uh, a little exercise for the uh, child to complete and uh, by doing this uh, one gets to know if they really are understanding what is being told to them. Uh, I have also done this book in the form of various colours of paper. Uh, I find children do love colour and um, these exercises are, are done on different colours of pages throughout the book. Uh, I find that uh, it's encourages them to carry on and, uh, oh, I've, I've done that pink page, I must go on to that blue page, that sort of thing. Um, when, I, when I first start to uh, teach the children, I like them to thoroughly understand the keyboard. But I think if you really understand the instrument that you're going to play, it makes it more interesting and probably more easily to cope with. Um, uh, but I, I like them to cray, use crayons and uh, to explain the octaves. I like them to um, use uh, seven different colours of crayons uh, because of using the seven letters of the alphabet. And uh, in doing this in uh, each key in different colour, they um, can see how the pattern of the keyboard is repeated in octaves. And I usually start off with this form of theory for them, and gradually they accept uh, theory as just part of the learning, and they, they don't look upon it as being a bore mm. or something that's yes. dreadful. Um, my, my books that I've done are, are just very basic theory exercises uh, in the hope that I will prepare them and encourage them to do the more... Uh, complicated demands that are uh, uh, in the books published by the Royal Schools of Music. Where, where can um, listeners obtain copies of your multicoloured book? Well, from me direct uh, at my home address uh, at Southport um, or through Rushworth's Music House in Southport. Doreen Sheard. As well as being an author of a successful series of tutor books, Roy Neal is also the presenter of an equally popular organ music programme on Heriwood Radio. Like me, Roy is a firm believer that organ music would be visually appealing if allowed any airtime on television. But at the moment, this idea has come to no avail. Welcome to Sounds Organised, Roy. Thank you very much, Ian. <laughs> Aside of your radio ties... You're quite a 
well-known author in your own right as far as music tuition books and publications are concerned. How important is it, do you feel, that there should be as wide a variety of tuition facilities available for people? Well, there is only one way that you can learn, and that's the right way. Everybody that hopes to succeed with music has got to learn basic theory before they will succeed. But there's different ways of writing it, so the more books there are available, the better it is, because it gives everybody a better chance of finding something they can understand their own way. As far as your tutor books are concerned, what can make them different from any other? It's simply that it's in layman's language. I, I, can, I sometimes find it difficult to understand technical things, but once it's explained to me so that I do understand it, then, then I go ahead. And that's how I try and write, so that other people like me take a time to learn, can understand as quickly as possible. I see. Are these tutor books suitable for all ages? Yeah, oh, absolutely, certainly, especially the older people. Because the Play Organ Professionally Volume 1, you can teach yourself at home from that. That's the way it's written. So older people sometimes don't like to start with a teacher, perhaps, and prefer to work at home on their own. They can do that with that book. As well as the tutor books, there's also a hardback book called The Magic of the Organ. What, what are contained in those pages, Roy? Well, that was the first book I ever wrote that started me on the career I'm on now. It's how, it's how to buy an organ, so you can tell a good one from a bad one. How to part exchange and buy a better one, and how to play one. Oldham's Hospital Radio. The best medicine in town. Well, as you can hear, things did get a little bit noisier as I was trying to conduct an interview with Roy Neal. But nevertheless, we'll be continuing our chat on next week's programme and also finding out a little bit more about Roy's contribution to the organ world via the radio waves. I do hope you've enjoyed the music and the chat on tonight's edition of Sounds Organised. If you're in hospital at the same time next week, then do join me each Friday evening for some more of the same. Until we have a chance to meet again... This is Ian Wollstone Home wishing you all the very best for a speedy recovery and saying good night everyone.